Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage to Change a Recovery podcast. This is your producer, Christiana Kimmick, and I have excellent news for you. No, she's not in this recording, but Miss Ashley Loeb Game is back in the podcast booth, and we are recording some very exciting stuff this week, so stay tuned. Today brings another one of our episode shorts. We've got one coming out today, and then we have one coming out Thursday, and then you will hear from your lovely host again herself, and that'll be super exciting. Today's episode short comes from our guest from season two, episode 73, Chuck O. His episode was incredible. It did super well, and the reason why it was so incredible is because it covers a completely different topic than we were ever used to covering, which is called MAT, or Medically Assisted Treatment. Chuck talks about, in his story, how he gets into uh, drugs and alcohol in the first place, and his substance use disorder, how it progressed, what it looked like. He talks about growing up and getting into trouble as a young kid and not being able to explain why. Now looking back, he can see that he really did suffer from substance use disorder from a young age. And then after the age of 18, he went on tour with the Grateful Dead where his drinking and substance use picked up significantly. And after a very long journey with that, basically he became incredibly addicted to heroin. And the only way he could see getting himself off of heroin was by using something called MAT, again, or medication-assisted treatment or medically-assisted treatment to help him basically transition off of the heroin through the use of something called methadone. So Chuck also, in his journey, found the 12-step program while on medication-assisted treatment, and he talks about in this episode, in his episode, but specifically in this clip that we've selected, he talks about breaking the stigma of being sober on MAT, and he Um, Actually, at the beginning of the clip, he's talking about right after his last relapse, how his family helped him deal with it, and essentially how his wife helped him taper him off of methadone, which is something that he never, ever thought was possible. He thought that once he transitioned from heroin to methadone, which is the medication-assisted treatment, that he would be on methadone for the rest of his life, and that was the best that he could ever hope for. And so this clip is so special. This was one of the the moments that I definitely cried from, you know, the sound booth while I'm listening to the recording. Just such an incredible story of love and redemption. And if you want to hear Chuck's entire story, it is absolutely unbelievable. Check out episode 73. We'll link it to the show notes as well. But until then... Please enjoy this clip, and hopefully you're just as inspired as we were by this. So I go back, and she ends up coming home, and we have a talk, and I, t- I tell her, like, treatment's unavailable as an option for me. And she asked me if I would be willing to give Alcoholics Anonymous one more shot. And I say yes, and I still know I, I'm not going there to get sober. I'm going there because I'm voluntarily surrendering a family and I need to at least be able to say that I tried, at least say that I tried. And I go to this little meeting hall that's on the far east side of town 
And I see the same people that I'd always seen whenever I'm finding out who's chairing. And But this time, it's odd to them that I'm still there 10 minutes into the meeting. And this guy, Pat, who never says anything during the meeting, he's just like the real strong, silent type, never says a word. I stay for the whole meeting. I'm walking out that night, and Pat stops me. And he says, Chuck, you're suffering. I can see in your eyes that you are suffering. You don't have to suffer like this. I promise there's a way out. And I don't know what it was. I just, I was desperate. I was willing to grasp at anything. And Pat was there. And he said, I want you to meet me tomorrow night at this men's stag meeting. It's a closed men's stag meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, what am I going to, a closed men's stag meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous sounds about as appealing to me as getting hit with a fly swatter. Like there's, I'm just, there's nothing I want there, but Pat asked me to do it, and he took the time to stop me and care. And so I agreed to meet him there, and I knew the stigma hasn't gone anywhere. Like, there's still a great deal of stigma around opiates and medically-assisted treatment, and I'm already fully entrenched. Like, I'm on a daily dose of Suboxone, and I just kind of throw myself on the mercy of this group, which, looking back, I'm not really sure why I was willing to do that. But this meeting had a group of really solid old timers that had been in Alcoholics Anonymous forever. There was no nice cars in the parking lot, but these guys were all long-term members of AA who were serious about the program. And I tell them, here I am, that he was on methadone. And they, back in those days, it wasn't about keeping you on it forever. Like they wanted to get people off of it. So they would mix it with orange juice and finally, he gets to the end, and the nurses tell him, Paul, you can come forever. You can keep coming and paying us for as long as you want, but there hasn't been any methadone in your orange juice for over a month. So it's really a waste of your money to be here. And I remembered that. I had heard it years earlier, but it always stuck with me. And I said to Nicole, what if we talk to my doctor and see if we can organize a blind detox? Because I know my truth. When I get to close to zero, I'm going to leave. You're going to lose me. It's a guarantee. It's what's always happened. It's what always will happen. And so we agreed together to go on this journey of a blind detox. And Nicole was such a champion about this. This is not an easy task, right? Because not only does she have to go through the legwork, by the end, I'm suboxone pills come in two milligram, four milligram, or eight milligram pills. By the end, I'm getting this two milligram pill. She's sitting there like a cocaine dealer with a razor blade and a mirror, cutting this two milligram pill into 16 separate doses. So I'm getting a fraction of a milligram per dose. And she is then crushing up a bunch of vitamin C tablets. And so she just gives me this pile of powder that tastes like vitamin C to me. And obviously, I can't tell the small differences in the amount of Suboxone that's still in the pill. And I did tell her at one point, you can't tell me for a while when this is over. Like, I'm remembering Paul's story. And I never let up on Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm just full steam ahead. I'm pretty much every night going to meetings, just getting fully involved again. And one time, I got all the way down to zero. I didn't know this until a long time later, but this is how hard it was for Nicole. There was one time where I got all the way down to zero and I didn't sleep for four nights 
and I'm having to work during this whole time, which is a whole nother nightmare, but she's watching me pacing in the garage on the fifth night thinking he's going to die if he tries to drive to work on five nights of no sleep. And I still think I just have such a small dose of Suboxone left that it's not enough to keep me well anymore, but like, we're in it now. I'm going to fight. And she was like so scared that she started putting a little bit more back in there and then brought me back down again. And then finally, one day, which I will never, ever forget, as long as I live, we're in the living room in our house. And she says, I need to talk to you. I have no idea what she's talking about. It's perfectly normal day like any other day. And she says the same thing that Paul's methadone told him all those years ago. You can keep taking this vitamin C for as long as you want. There's nothing harmful about vitamin C. In fact, it's beneficial in many ways. But it's been weeks since there's been any Suboxone in your dose. And I literally involuntarily hit my knees in the floor, in the living room floor, and just wept. I couldn't believe it. The impossible had happened. What was never, ever going to happen had happened. And I knew I was free. And I decided right then and there that I'm going to be a pretty tireless advocate for people who are in need of medical assistance. And the reality in my experience is most people are like me. Like if you came up to me today and you said, hey, Chuck, I'm considering either going through a six-day detox from heroin or entering into a lifetime contract with methadone or Suboxone, I would say, write it out, man. It's six days. It's not that bad. I'll, I'll walk with you. It, but a lot of people come to the rooms and they're already on it. And if that's your case and you hear the message, you're never going to be one of us, you're probably never going to be one of us. And if you hear, if you really trusted God, you're going to probably start to question, well, do I trust God? Am I fit to serve God? So it's really important to me to share the message that if you're on methadone or suboxone and you're suffering and you can't stop taking it, and whether you're taking any other drugs or not, you are so welcome in Alcoholics Anonymous. And why Alcoholics Anonymous? There's Cocaine Anonymous, there's Heroin Anonymous, and I go to meetings in both of those fellowships. The reason Alcoholics Anonymous specifically is so important to me is if you walked up to me today and you said, hey, Chuck, I have a syringe full of really good cocaine and heroin. The syringe has never been used. You can have it for free. Here you go. I would say, Ashley, that's preposterous. Why would I do this? Look at this beautiful life that I have. Why would I throw it away over a syringe full of poison? That's what I would say today. However, if you put four vodka OJs and a two milligram Xanax in me, and ask me the same question, I'm going to have an entirely different reaction. And for me, I've never been to a team builder at work where we go to someone's basement and shoot heroin together. But every team builder I go to at work comes with drink tickets. And my disease is cunning. It's baffling. It's powerful. It's going to sneak in any way it possibly can. So I have to be diligent not only to never put drugs in my body again, but that has to start with alcohol because that's on every corner and that's socially acceptable. So to me, I need people to know you are so welcome in Alcoholics Anonymous. If you come here medically assisted, if you want to stay on medical assistance, that's between you and your doctor. I'm here to love you and lift you up. If you want to get off medical assistance, that's something I can help you with. Let's walk through it together. Either way, I'm going to love you and lift you up. 
And if there are people who tell you that you're not welcome here, which there are, there, I mean, there are people that have that opinion, as you know, I am the first to say, fuck those people. Like, you are part of us now. You're a member of our tribe now, and you are so welcome here. So unbelievable. We are so grateful again to Chuck O for coming on to the podcast this season and sharing his, his story in its entirety. A medication-assisted treatment is not for everyone, but it was for Chuck. And just like he said, it's something that shouldn't basically disqualify you from, you know, being in a program or feeling like you have the opportunity to get help in, in whatever regards you need to get help from. So thank you again for listening. Please tune in to the next episode short. And Ashley Loeb Blassingame will be back with us very shortly. Until then, see you Thursday and have a wonderful week. This podcast is sponsored by lionrock.life. Lionrock.life is a recovery community offering free online support group meetings, useful recovery information, and entertainment. Visit www.lionrock.life to view the meeting schedule and find additional resources. Find the joy in recovery at lionrock.life.